Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tori. I'm Tracy. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you from believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time today. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, Housewives, welcome back. We're so excited to be chatting with you guys again today and sharing with you our topic of feeling disconnected in a social world. You feel disconnected, Tori? Oh, 110%. I think we all have a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many Facebook friends or followers we have, right? No, not at all. Because that's not the real connection that we know that we long and desire for. Absolutely. So today in this topic, we're going to cover a couple of things and we want you to know it's not just about social media. It's about feeling connected, being present, uh, working on those relationships and creating some of those boundaries around putting our phones away, stopping the scroll when we don't need to be tablets away. Yeah. For our kiddos. Absolutely. (laughs) And we want to talk a little bit about how we've walked through some of that in the last couple of years. And Tori, you're going to talk a little bit about why this topic is actually needed to be covered and why we chose this as one of our top ones. So we, the reason that we felt that this needed to be one of our first episodes and topics was because social media is not going away. It's going to change. We're going to have different platforms, new platforms, some platforms are going to go away. I mean, who remembers MySpace? Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> the original, right? And so with that, you don't have to forego all social media. We just need to know how to use it in a healthy manner mm-hmm. and embrace the good and be aware of the things that are disadvantages to social media. And we also, if as adults, we can't handle social media. What kind of example are we setting towards our kids? Yeah. And that's a big thing that I'm learning. My kids are watching when mommy's holding her phone and when mommy's making a reel. (laughs) So that's what we wanted to bring this to light. Yeah. And because it's becoming involved in our kids' lives earlier and earlier with the phones getting, it's not just a high schooler getting a phone anymore. I and mean, when did you get your first phone? Um, Seventh grade. And that oh, was yeah, early. You're, you're younger than me. <laughs> yep. But, but not my, but honestly, I was one of the only kids that had a cell phone, but that's because I traveled without my family on the weekends. Yeah. Side note, when I did dog shows. <laughs> So that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we're going to have to touch on that. So my parents just wanted to be able to get a hold of me when I was out of town without them. Yeah. Mine was between high school and college. I got my first phone. It was a cute little Nokia. Oh, yeah. The little, the, the, did you just call on? Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't do anything else with. So obviously, digitally, phones have enhanced and they're only going to get more distracting, um, more stimulating to kids. And as, like I said, if they're getting younger and younger, when that phone goes in their hand and it's becoming a crutch, it's a crutch for all of us in a good way, in a bad way. And we want to touch on both of those topics of how it is 
helps us um, stay connected, which is a good thing for those of us that, you know, have moved and traveled around, but also how it can become the main distraction that we then fill the void with scrolling and liking and, you know, oh, did someone comment back to me on that? And just that attachment that we have in our emotions of what is happening on our social media. So let's just talk real quick about that emotion that comes with using social media, trying to connect with friends and family from afar. I mean, for me, years ago when I started, let's go back to like blogging. (laughs) I used to blog. I used to share pictures of my kids when we were growing up because I've always lived away from my family since college. And so getting married, having kids, I used the blog and that was my source of sharing. But that engagement and that like, you know, ooh, someone commented or someone shared that didn't exist. Right. You just put it out there and knew you could direct people to that. And the commenting and responding to people's specific live experiences. Yeah. People weren't used to that yet. Yeah. And so when that's how it started, but then Facebook became a key opportunity for me to share what's going on daily. We lived away from both sets of our families. They wouldn't see what was going on with the kids. So back then it was just sharing what was going on in your personal life. Basically, if you went to the zoo, if you had a really good dinner, but now it's become so much more that people are seeking that validation. And we all know people don't go to Google anymore for questions, medical questions. They go to Facebook. Hey friends, my son has a fever and he's feeling like this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Facebook has now become that. Well, that's because when we Google things, symptoms, right? We all go to WebMD and we're all dying. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Just please stop doing that. (laughs) We've all been there. Yes. Um, So it has just become that it's grown over time and we, we don't know where it's going. Obviously we don't see the future in that, but if we don't create some healthy boundaries now, and we don't talk about what that is for us and the struggles that we have, and we don't talk about it like with our friends, like our children aren't going to be able to see that it can become an addiction. It can become a problem. Right. And that's why, as far as talking today, we wanted to talk about not only the things, the boundaries that we can set, but realize that if it weren't for Facebook, you and I would not be friends. Exactly. And so I totally understand people who remove social media from their lives and just say, that's not something that I need. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. You can have a healthy relationship with social media. We also need to learn how to be good people on social media. Yeah. And uh, people are getting more and more comfortable behind their keyboards and their phones without ever seeing a face. And I think that brings me up to one of the other reasons why we wanted to talk about this so much is that as an example for our kids, I'm finding kids don't know how to make eye contact anymore. Yeah. When talking to an adult, they look down, they have no idea what to do with themselves. And I remember growing up, one of the first things I was probably three, four years old. My mom immediately taught me how to say, how do you do? Mm -hmm. And put my hand out and shake a hand. And my name is Tori. And that is something that is a lifelong skill. The kids are missing. Yeah. I know that you have taught your kids 
Absolutely. Oh yeah. They got to look them in the eye. They've got to, you know, shake hands, tell them their name. I mean, even when we go out to restaurants, my kids have been ordering for themselves since they could talk. (laughs) They know how to say mac and cheese and chicken nuggets just fine. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) They do know how to look a waiter, waitress in the eye. And it's kind of funny when we go out as a family, we're family of six. It's a little chaotic when we go out to dinner. I think there's maybe been three or four times that we've taken the iPads with and we've let them because you know what? It's been a long day and my husband and I needed to enjoy a cocktail together and relax. But very or have a conversation well, without that is true. without prying ears almost. That does have its place. Yes. When you and your husband have to connect and it's like, hey, for right now, the kids can be preoccupied with something else. Yep. But for the most part, family when we go out to eat, same thing is that I can imagine a handful of times where we've brought tablets or handed them our phones or something. Mm-hmm. But it's because we want them to learn conversation. Yeah. That's a dying art. Almost people don't know how to chit chat. They don't know how to just make small talk. Mm -hmm. And it's because like, Oh, and then they pick up their phone and start looking at it while you're standing right next to them. Yeah. And it's a habit. (laughs) It is a habit that we've all created. And We'll talk I go so far as say addiction even. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the whole conversation of being at a dinner table, whether you're at home or at a restaurant or you're at home, the putting the cell phones away or tablets or whatever, it is an intentional move now. <laughs> like it used to be that they weren't even there. Now we have to be intentional that they're not there. My husband and I both, we, you know, we're making dinner and our phones will be on the counter. And I know you and I have talked about this. Like you can literally walk by your phone and you just want to tap it and see if it lights up and if there's any notifications. Like that's when you know it's just it's such an addiction that you just want to see that it's there. And while we're making dinner and we're, you know, going to be with our kids for dinner, I don't need to know what's going on. Like I don't care. So that is why I know I have a boundary may not be the healthiest yet. We're constantly, this is a work in progress, but we share these stories with you because we know that it's like real. We know that you guys are walking across the counter or across. I hope you're not walking on your counters. <laughs> you're if walking you are, in your kitchen. I really hope that you're, <laughs> you're wiping them down. <laughs> you're tapping them. You're seeing if the notifications are there. You know, it's, it's just something that has become that addiction. I guess there's no other word that I can come up with right now. So what we're saying is that a lot of us, let's talk about us using our phone slash social media to fill the void. Yeah. We all have some kind of void, Mm -hmm. something that is missing in us. And unfortunately, a lot of times we go to our phone and our social media to fill it Yeah, where that is not where we should be accepting anything like that. Yeah. Culture has told us that that's absolutely acceptable. We watch celebrities and famous people on their social media. Now there's people are making, I mean, influencers, like that's a job, Yeah, which is incredible that their job relies on how many views they get, how many likes they get, how many downloads they get, whatever that may be. And that's what they're looking for. And so while people are filling that void with the social media or the mindless working on your phone, Mm -hmm. holding it and saying, okay, you're opening this app to this app to this app, we're missing the connections with the people in front of us. Yeah. Nobody stands in line anymore at the grocery store without their phone in their hand. Yeah. There's no little chit chat and going, oh, you're making an Italian dinner tonight. I see you've got spaghetti and (laughs) red sauce and meat. And I remember I always, when people who have checkout with like lots of alcohol, beer, wine, I'm like, hey, where's the party? 
I'll be there in 20. Right. You know, that's just something. Just that- the banter back and forth, the engagement, the like trying to just be the light in someone else's life for the day, you know, make them smile, make them yeah. laugh. Giggle. I know. And instead of having, you know, that you, I mean, I challenge you guys to go walk around your favorite stores and just watch people. They're on their phones all the time, even while they're just browsing and shopping. And we actually, as we were prepping for this, we kind of got to talking about that. And I'm like, that's me because my list is on my phone too. You know, it's not that I'm trying oh, yeah. to be antisocial. I obviously stop and see people and say hi, but it's become the tool. It's the calendar. It's I'm freaking color coding my calendar with my kids and sports and who's running who everywhere and my grocery list. And I work from my phone, my business as well. And so I am on my phone often, but I would say that just as much as I'm doing good, I'm numbing out. I'm sitting and scrolling. That's the good word. Numbing out. Yeah. Because we use it to, I can mindlessly scroll or mindlessly check my calendar. Then I don't have to deal with what's in front of me in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Technology has been such a gift in the fact that we can do so much from our phones yeah, and have the calendar and not have to carry around that 20 pound paper planner anymore. I still like to take notes and I like sticky notes. I'm so old school still. <laughs> it's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> but again, we go back to, there is a good balance for both things. As long as you were figuring out where your boundaries are and you can acknowledge, wow, my phone never leaves my hand. One of the things that was real scary when Apple added the uh, screen time. Oh, yeah. And the weekly, here's your screen time. You've mm-hmm. been using your phone this much and you picked up your phone this amount of time to just to look at the lock screen. That is eye opening. Yeah. If you haven't checked that lately and you have an iPhone, I highly suggest it because you will see how many times you've picked up your phone just to unlock the screen and see if you've had notifications or. Yeah. Those of you that like TikTok, just go see how many hours you spend on that screen. Exactly. Or the real, you know, or Or Instagram Instagram reels reels now. Yep. And you can see, okay, I spend a lot of time on social media apps or I spend a lot of time on because it breaks it down by category too which is messaging, texting, email, all of that. So you can see where you're spending your time. Yeah. But it's, it's something that, you know, what, something that I create, I've done is I've actually created time limits on my social media apps Mm -hmm. because we use our phones for our business. We use social media for our health and wellness business as well. And so I have created time limits. So I know that I can go in, post what I want to post, share what I want to share, And then it'll catch me if I just start to mindless scroll for more than 15 minutes. That's good. So that's, that's also something that you can look into on your phone too, to help you create, start to create some of those healthy boundaries because we all get on Instagram and then all of a sudden 20 minutes later, we're like, Oh, whoops. Yep. We do want to talk a little bit more about the depth of really the importance of being present in relationships, in your marriage, you know, with your kids. And the reason that we want to talk about this and give you this feedback and just some of this tactical tools is because we've been there. And over the last couple of years, I've been doing my social media business really for six years. And I've been in some really bad ruts. And you guys, I will admit, like I've screamed at my kids, hang on, I'm doing something. I've put the finger up, you know, like, hold on a minute. Like I'm doing something way more than I would like to 
count for, you know, like I've been there, but I've also become so intentional with what that means and what that tells them, the message that it's sending my kids. And even my friends, if we're out having coffee and I'm like slide with my phone over to the side, scrolling Instagram, I've done it. Don't do it anymore. Or when I'm out on a date night with my husband, like the phones don't come out unless, I mean, we actually do jointly work on, you know, Christmas list or a grocery list or something. That would be why we'd bring it out. But otherwise we're not having them out. It's just in the reason we have set those boundaries is because we got to a really unhealthy place and we recognized it in our marriage. We stopped talking as much and being present. My kids started like commenting more and the comments actually started to hurt. Like, oh, wow, I am making some poor decisions and being on it too much, you know? So We're sharing some of these ideas because we want to encourage you to feel more connected and more present. And really, we're just saying it out loud because we're all doing it. We're thinking it. We're doing it. And the other thing that I would say, too, is as moms, a lot of times, let's be honest, I have over 50,000 pictures on my phone. Yeah. Which is incredible that that's even a possibility. Mm -hmm. But we spend a lot of time behind the phone taking pictures when... I just recorded my daughter's Thanksgiving concert the other day and I was holding my phone to record it because we're sending it to family that couldn't come. But also it's such a different view when you're Mm -hmm. watching it on the camera screen versus lifting my head just above the screen to see her real face like right there. And it's almost, I almost wanted to set it down Mm -hmm. and just go, no, let me just enjoy watching her do this instead of trying to watch it behind the phone screen while I'm recording it for somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's something too, that we forget. Oh yeah. Have you seen those? I've seen it on, you know, social media, probably Instagram or something, but have you seen those you're at a wedding? Okay. And the photographer's at the back end of the aisle trying to get a picture of the husband and wife, right. In the ceremony. And then all you see is just hundreds of people just sitting there with their phones up. And like, you see the photographer take the picture and it's just all these people holding up their phones, taking the same picture Uh of that. Or they lean into the aisle thinking they'll get the good shot that the photographer's not going to get. Yes. Yes. I think there's a couple. We all do it. We do it to our kids. We do it at their choir concerts, at their sporting events. I mean, I'm the mom that's going to get down on the ground at the baseball game. And I'm going to zoom in between that, you know, metal fence and get the right shot as he's sliding into home. You know, like this is what we do. (laughs) It is. But remember the days when we didn't have that. Yeah. When. What did it feel like then? Like when you only had 24 pictures on a camera roll (laughs) and you, you saved those 24. You're like, okay, wait, I'm going to get it real. Like you did not waste those 24 pictures. Because you knew that, oh gosh, that's going to be another role. And then I'm going to run out of, you know, run out of film before this event is over. And so we were more present in those moments because we didn't have that camera right in our pocket to pick up. And now don't get me wrong. I love the time hop videos of kiddos, these snippets of 30 seconds of my girls when they were babies or with their friends just a year ago. I, you know, that is incredible to just see. And it just makes my mama heart happy and sad at the same time. But we rely on that a lot. And there used to be a time when we didn't have that. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're talking just a little bit more about this disconnection, let's wrap up with this (laughs) disconnected from reality. Are you walking or sharing a social media life that is 
like your current, what you're actually living? You know, do people see you in, you know, face to face? And is it, okay, I am currently in top knot and my sweatpants and a sweatshirt. But if I'm posting myself always dressed to the nines and, you know, having everything done all the time, is that really truly who I am? Now, I like both worlds. Do I share both worlds? You know, those are the questions that we want to ask is like, are you walking out who you truly are? Is that realness present on social media? I would say for most of us, no. Yeah. Because I woke up like this. Come on, please. You did not wake up like this. Okay. Now I'm not going to lie. I have eyelash extensions, but that is because this mama, I have more confidence. I don't have to wear mascara. I can walk out of the house without makeup and I feel like a real person. Yep. So I'm not going to tell you that. Well, you know, I just woke up. No, no, I I paid for (laughs) (laughs) to wake up like this, but I totally understand that where we do, we want to show our best selves on social media, but it's also important to when we're not on social media and I'm having conversations with friends and family, am I still that same person on social media? I'm not saying you've got to be sharing all of your opinions and all of your stances and all of your things like that on social media. That's not what we're saying on being authentic. We're just saying you can't pretend everything's sunshine and roses right in your life when it's not which also doesn't include i don't need to know about the fight you just had with your husband last night yeah that we don't need pity parties we don't need pity parties add a value to your friends and family hey my husband and i went through this and you know it really helps that we separated ourselves that we took some time and came back together when we were both level headed and if you want to share that part if that's part of what you're sharing with your audience, I guess, but you don't have to share all the, right. Well, we both have gone through a lot of work with life coach and therapists and (laughs) all the things that we've done. And we've learned that you don't need to share in social media wise. You don't need to share what you're going through when the wound is open, (laughs) right? Like it's still painful. So if you're going to open yourself up when the wounds open to sharing something publicly, be prepared for it to hurt more because someone's going to say something. So the space that you want to share is from being healed from it, right? So when you've gone through hardships in your marriage, you need to share about it because people do need to hear marriage is freaking hard. Mama is hard. That's why we share these things with what's going on with our kids, what's going on in our marriages. But once you've overcome it, once you've healed that, it's okay to share it when you're going through it, being a work in progress. Like I am absolutely a proponent of that. Like I believe in that, but you don't want to do it when it's raw and emotionally hard. If you're having a really hard time with some friendships, that's not the space to go and start sharing on social media in that passive aggressive, like, you know, here, I'm going to share this quote or this image of me out with all these other friends, but this person wasn't included. Like friends, your wound is still open and you're, we're not sharing passive aggressively and doing those kinds of things because we know it's going to sting for them. And it really stings for you when you're doing it that way with those intentions. It takes away what you're sharing. The other thing that I really has made a difference on how I look at social media is, am I adding value? Yeah. Am I adding value to the world? What does that look like? As far as, yes, we both have health and wellness businesses that we work on our social media, but even my personal posts that I'm sharing about my life, when I share a picture of my kids on the beach, am I adding value? 
I'm adding value because I'm sharing that picture for the reason to the family and the friends that know my kids and they're seeing that I'm adding value when I share a recipe or I'm adding value when I'm complaining, I'm not adding value to anybody. Yeah. I'm just adding misery out there and that nobody else needs that. When I'm being authentic and real saying, Hey, this is something that I'm struggling with. When I made that first post about how to meet friends yeah, four years ago and a mutual friend of ours saw it. Yep. She happened to have just moved here six months before I did. Mm-hmm. And you were six months before her. And she saw the post and said, Hey, let's invite Tori to lunch because we've all just moved here and we're all having same feelings, same feelings, same situation. Same situation. We are looking for that authentic friendship. And that's where you and I met mm-hmm. at that lunch based on a Facebook post. Yeah. And it wasn't like complaining that you had moved or being frustrated about your, your current circumstances. It was, here's how I feel. And I want to change that who here might have thoughts, ideas, et cetera. Like exactly. That's what it can be used for. Exactly. And it was a real feeling and it was authentic. It wasn't all roses. It was, I just moved to a place and I am looking for mom friends. Yeah. Where do you guys go to meet mom friends? And I can go back to that post and see where people say like, Oh, I recommend find your local church and do this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you've preschool, see if they have any mom groups there and da, 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 da. And they, people gave me tactical advice on that just by that one post, but that was an authentic version of me looking for stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I think we're ultimately just trying to help people come up with some one acknowledging that this is a problem. <laughs> we are disconnected in a social world, but we want to be free of that to the extent that we are not gripped by it. We're not changed to these phones, changed to the social media outcomes. We want to add value. We want to pour into people and we want that freedom that comes from using it for what it is, adding value, having entertainment, engaging with people, connecting with family and friends that don't live here, connecting with people locally. It's great for networking as well. Even within, you know, your community, your school, your churches, like there's a lot of connection, community and fellowship that can come from it. So there is a lot of that good and value, but I think you and I both have experienced and walked both sides of it. We've struggled with the difficulties of negativity or people commenting on things that it's not their place. Well, yeah, you've experienced that more recently about people seeing a picture that you share of your kids and saying that they are inappropriately sitting with their seatbelt. I mean, really, if if you're a friend and you love someone and you see that, yeah, you can tell them. But if you're a complete stranger, it's not your place. That's the other thing too, is that I think that we have to realize that the people posting things are real people. Yeah. And you don't always have to share your opinion. Just because you have one doesn't mean you have to share it. Yeah. I say that as I'm talking on a podcast, (laughs) but there's so many times that somebody posts something and I immediately have a reaction to it of like, Ooh, gosh, I should. And then it's like, why? Yeah. It doesn't matter to them. I don't need to say that to them. And people forget that they actually, there are real people responding to those comments. And, but you also forget too, is that again, when you're on social media, And you're making, let's be real, trolls who are just go on people's posts and things like that just to say negative things. I guarantee you those people have kids. I guarantee you. And if they're friends with their kids on social media, their kids are seeing what they're doing. 
and seeing that they're posting negative and saying not nice things or saying discouraging things. What do you think that kid's going to do? They're going to think that it's okay to say the same thing. And that's not okay. So even what we're posting on social media, I know that one of your kids is old enough that you yeah. on social media now mm-hmm. and you're friends with some of his friends. Yeah. But that's a factor. Like, again, you're setting an example yep. for your kids of how to behave on social media and for his friends because they're seeing you on social media. Yep, absolutely. And it's something that I've talked to him about, like even just recently, Hey, I'm doing this podcast and I'm going to be talking more and I'm going to be sharing more and I'm going to be sharing more on social media. If you ever have any questions or get any feedback like this, we are, we are a very open family and we have conversations about it. And I think we've set healthy boundaries around it. We could definitely do better. You know, it's walking the, being a parent of a teen. It's fun. Not there yet. <laughs> Not a couple of years, but. but it comes down to this. You're like, get off your phone, go play basketball, go meet a buddy and go for a bike ride. You know, like this is what we have to do. We have to encourage these things so that. It's not the crutch and the thing that isolates them from family and friends. Right. Going back to isolating from family and friends is that, again, not every opinion you have has to be shared on social media. Now, if you're trying to educate, share, hey, I don't know if you've brought, you're trying to share with your audience. I don't know if you've been seeing this perspective of a current event or whatever the case may be, then yes, you can share your wisdom and knowledge with that or your whatever you're trying to share with somebody else. But again, opinions, I can't, <laughs> there's a saying that my husband has with those. And if you know it, you know it. If not, don't worry. About then it. maybe um, you'll have to tell me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that makes a big difference in how we feel connected or disconnected in the social world, I think is comparing. Like comparing your life to someone else's account. Exactly. Yeah. Because we forget that they're in a completely different season than us. Right. Even though it may look like they're in a completely same season, but they're not. We follow Pinterest moms. We follow, you know, how to decorate your house, all these different accounts that while we're thinking, giving ourselves a, well, it'll give me great ideas, but sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. And it just makes you feel like, okay, it's December 1st and I don't have my Christmas tree up. Yeah. You know, you start to get that anxious and anxiety, the pressure. And again, you're not seeing that that's the only room that they have decorated is their living room. They don't have a single light outside of their house yet. Right. So you, you have no idea you're getting just a snippet of somebody's highlight reel, which is what people are sharing. Yeah. You're not seeing the whole reality version of it. Exactly. I mean, I share, you know, a picture of us on a date night. Well, you don't know about the fight we had last night, you know, like you don't know what's going on in people's relationships and even in sporting events and it's the home run or it's the basket made, like you share the things that you want to share in celebration. But if your child or your marriage doesn't look like theirs, we want to make sure you're not attaching your story to theirs. Exactly. Your story is different. You are going through different things than somebody else. Yeah. And your season is not their season. We're going to talk about comparison being a thief of joy, certainly in a future episode. But I think this definitely leads us to what we want to leave you with this week. As we wrap up here, the call to action this week for you housewives is we think you should do a social media audit. 
And what does that look like? So first of all, look at your newsfeed. Do you have people that you're following that trigger you? Yeah. That (laughs) automatically make you think, oh gosh, I haven't done this. Or Or I'm not enough. Or I'm not enough. And I wish I looked like that. If you're following those people, you can unfollow them and them not know that you unfollowed them, especially on Facebook. Yep. Uh, Instagram, just unfollow them. Mm -hmm. Or you can mute, mute them from your feed. Same thing. They don't know that. So you don't have to worry about hurting anybody's feelings or offending anyone. You don't have to do that. But I think that's certainly something that you should look at for your social media audit. The other thing that I want you guys to do is what are you posting? Are you posting things that add value to your audience? Again, a picture of your kids is adding value to your family and friends who don't live in the same location as you. So it's not that I'm not saying that every post you have to have needs to be educating somebody. It's let's bring more positivity into social media and make it at a positive thing. Are your comments adding value to somebody? Are the Facebook groups that you're in, are you commenting and adding value in those? And are you feeling fulfilled? Are you feeling joyful? Like what is your feeling that you take away from it? If you take away the feelings of loneliness or lack of worthiness or just that you're not enough in certain areas or you're not doing enough. Yeah. Guilt, shame, all of it. If you're feeling those things, you're not using it for what it needs to be. We want you to be able to go on there. And if you see a girl working out and, or a guy and you want to be motivated to go work out, then go work out. But if you're sitting on the couch and you're watching that and you're feeling like crap, even so, if it doesn't motivate you to go work out, we'll unfollow them. Because you shouldn't have that feeling of guilt or shame of I'm not doing something and someone else is. It's just not healthy for you. Right. And now after you've kind of done your social media audit of things to unfollow or to replace things with, also look at how much time your phone is attached to your hand. Yeah. Just acknowledge it. Yep. I'm not saying you have to change everything overnight, but just acknowledge, notice, are you taking it to the dinner table? Are you taking it to bedtime with your kids? Are you taking it to this and this where it's always in your hand? And once you acknowledge it and see, oh, wow, I don't need my phone when I tuck my kids into bed. Yeah. Why is it my hand? Yep. You don't need your phone next to you when you get up and have your quiet time with the Lord. Like leave it in the kitchen, leave it somewhere else. And when you do these things and when we, you know, these call to actions are fun for us to give you a tool to walk away from, you know, something that we've talked about and something that we're giving you advice on and encouragement to do. We want to hear from you guys. So on social media, come back to us, tell us like, yes, I did that this week. It's been super helpful. Just one thing once a week, just try it and see how much better you feel, how much, you know, more joy is in your heart, how much more peace you feel and just see how it pours out onto others, your family and so forth. All right, Tracy. Well, this has been fun, but my dining room table is currently set up as a laundry room and I have got some uh, clothes that I have to fold. So my family actually has a place to eat dinner tonight. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. And then maybe next time you can, you know, organize those shoes and those bags in your closet. So the next time we come sit in here, that's a little bit more organized. I'll try to have a better view for you to look at my closet. (laughs) All right. House size until next time. Have a great day. Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow, but living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook. Find our link in the show notes. 
be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, freely, and be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.